Why, hello there, everybody. It's uh, Wes and Andy back for our next uh, installment of the uh, the Fan Batch. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. If you are uh, living in a country that observes uh, daylight savings, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you lost an hour last night. Yeah, I noticed it this morning. <laughs> but we noticed it in time. Barely, but we're here. We're here. <laughs> That's right. We're here. Yeah, we're we're here. But unfortunately, our our, our band of brothers is not complete at the moment. Hank is adulting. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. I mean, uh, I mean, we're privy to some of the things that the the audience is not. I'm not going to disclose any of that stuff. But like, not. man, <sighs> sometimes yep. I I feel for the I feel for the nine to fivers. Let me just say that. Yep. I feel for you all. I not everybody is as lucky to be able to just jump right in. Yeah, and kind of throw their hearts into the the things that they're passionate about. So, yeah. Where are we at this week? Uh, we're getting close to the end. Hard to believe. Uh, it's, it's gone by fairly quickly. I was in such a panic about uh, the, the extra workload that both shows were going to add to us. And, you know, not unfounded either. It's been a bit of a, like, there's been some pressure to uh, to get things done. And we have. But you are correct. We are getting to to the or end of, of... At least one of our reviews. Of The Bad Batch. And... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover before we get there. And uh, this episode, I think, covers a whole lot of that ground. Yeah, it, there's some seeds planted here. There's a... I would say some seeds have come to fruition here. Well, I, I have some questions about that because I'm curious to know, like, the. I want to talk. Is it an emotional thing that we're witnessing when, you know, Crosshair is clutching his head? What is that? Um... I think this is the episode where the straw breaks that camel's back. That might be true. I still couldn't figure because he's clutching the side, like he's clutching the scarred side of his head. And I'm like, is that an emotional thing? Or is there, is there something uh, uh, biologically uh, chippy going on there that we don't know about? Maybe aftershocks or something. Maybe it ties into where we find him at the end of the episode. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, as always, you know, I see we have some viewers already. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thank you guys and, for uh, uh, picking up your Sunday. If afternoon. you haven't already, you know, like and subscribe. And all as always, join the conversation because you know why not? We want to hear all your thoughts on uh, this week's episode of the Bad Batch. What did you guys think of what's going on with uh, with Crosshair and uh, the situation that he's found himself in? Personally, I really identified with him this episode, um, based on my real world experience. Haven't we all had an experience like that? Uh, this one like hits really home for me though. Cause uh, you know, the way my previous career uh, played out, I guess. Sure. You say. Sure. Um, I was working for an empire and uh, <laughs> my job got outsourced. <laughs> That's so. right. Yeah. 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 And I relate to him on a different level because I've had officers uh, in my previous profession as a soldier um, that were so, dedicated <laughs> that's a very in, that's a very good way of saying that uh at the expense of everything else that there was no consideration for anything other than what they uh, the next mission. thought needed to be done mm. regardless of how it got done and uh you know but you know if anything happened you know whose fault it was going to be right yep and uh, that's never fun no never fun so uh, before we get too far into things, should we lighten the mood just a little bit? Oh, should we uh, open the cage and let him out for a second? I think so. All right, come out here, you. Bad. Bad.
Star Wars jokes. <laughs> now back in the box. <laughs> okay, here's what here I got a double drop for you. See, oh, wow. we're still doing double drops. Okay, sure. Which Star Wars character sells hot dogs? Which Star Wars character sells hot dogs? Uh, you know, just superficially speaking, I have this visual of like uh, of Watto behind a cart. <laughs> Admiral Snack Bar. <laughs> that was worthy. There we go. That was worthy. Admiral Snack Bar. Yep. He's got the market cornered. Don't forget, guys, if you have a bad Star Wars joke that you would like us to uh, read here on the show, please send it over to uh, fandompower3 at gmail.com. Hit us up on our social media accounts and, uh, yeah, give us your bad Star Wars joke. Aha, I got a laugh out of a user here. Facebook user says, aha. <laughs> Let's see if it plays twice. See if we can, uh, if we can top that one. What did Palpatine say to the intern when they asked Ooh. how many pizzas they needed for his birthday party? What? Did, what, what did Palpatine say to what? Oh, to the intern. To the intern. When they asked when they how asked, many pizzas they needed for his birthday party. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Oh, it's Hank the user. It's <laughs> Hank. Hank the user. Welcome program. <laughs> and uh, Hank has got it right. He said order 66. Order 66. <laughs> uh, and this has been another installment of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bad Star Wars jokes now get back in the cage yeah you know how many memes i've seen not they're not memes sorry i should say the number of uh like star wars groups i'm in online and i see all the time people post their uh their uh order receipts from like fast yep. food restaurants and how I many people get got it i got it yeah <laughs> finally got the order 66 never happened to me no not even close really no nope. i saw one meme it's not star wars related but it kind of threw me for oh, a yeah. loop uh it said, uh, how old were you when you realized that uh, Dr. Emmett Brown, Emmett is time spelled backwards? But it's not. No, it's not. It's E-M-M-E-T. T-T. Double T's. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, because yeah. it threw me. It's like, oh, that would be kind of neat. I, did. I saw that one. I'm like, that doesn't it, sound right. Why would I not notice that? The way you have written it on this meme. Yes, but that's not the character's name. No, it is not. <laughs> anyway, back to Star Wars here uh shall we dive into episode two uh yeah do you want to uh just want to make this one full screen before yeah we, might uh, as well there we go perfect there we go my uh, old man eyes are having a hard time sometimes uh <laughs> i don't want to miss anything you can't blame you there uh so uh this episode originally aired wednesday march 8th 2023 it's titled the outpost it has a listed runtime of 32 minutes with credits and titles but it comes in at 27 minutes and 27 seconds without okay this one is written by Jennifer Corbet. Uh, this is her sixth episode as writer, but she's been developing all 32 episodes alongside Dave Filoni. We've seen her name before. Uh -huh, yeah, we have. Yeah. Uh, sharing the director's chair this week, we have Nathaniel Villanova and Brad Rao with 11 and 27 Bad Batch episodes to their credit, respectively. Only. Yeah. So 30 episodes. So uh, basically the entire show. Basically. <laughs> Between these two guys, they have most of the entire show. The synopsis reads, a new friend is made on a hard and unforgiving outpost planet. Hard and unforgiving is an understatement. Yes, it is. So uh, we open on a military installment on Coruscant where the troops are marching about. And if you look really closely down in the bottom there, you can actually see the uh, clone memorial wall. 
I did notice that. And the other thing I noticed about this shot was it, this is a bit more of a pulled back shot. Now I, I did go looking. Um, I presume that these like domed structures, maybe they're a barracks, barracks or, something. or some type, maybe. We haven't really seen a whole lot of them this uh, this season. No, we, so. we've mostly been focused up on the main uh, area there with the wall. But. Had to go back and actually, like, were those always there? Yes, they were. Because at one point, I'm like, did, did they just build those for the Imperial rule? But no, they were there in the Clone Wars, too. Okay. But uh, we find Crosshair with his helmet off, leaning against a row-class transport shuttle. And a small squad of troops board the vessel as Crosshair watches three clones being escorted off the base by Captain Bragg who tells them that uh, the Empire thanks them for their years of service. Where's she been? I don't know. Did she just show up for one episode? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Have we not seen her since, like, the first, uh, like, season one? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But uh, she thanks them for their service and wishes them well in their retirement. And one clone, he scoffs at the sentiment, saying, forced retirement? We're soldiers. What are we supposed to do now? But Bragg tells them to direct all their questions and concerns to the Imperial Information Bureau. And yeah, that's can, not going anywhere. Yeah, you can gather from her tone. This isn't the first time she's escorted clones off in retirement. And uh, at this point, it's just like the company line. It's repetitive for her. But so uh, we've we've really started the uh, the phasing out. Yeah, we are now like well into the you're done. Yeah. And I think the ones getting escorted off are the lucky ones. I have to agree with you on that. There's no. Yeah, absolutely. They are. Yeah. But uh as Crosshair watches them go, another officer with a fur-lined uniform approaches him and addresses him by his CT designation. And with a smug sense of superiority, the officer tells Crosshair, he's out of uniform. Again, I sympathize. I empathize with that. I've been in that situation where your headdress is a part of your uniform. Yeah. I've, I've had those words spoken to me exactly verbatim. <laughs> so, yeah, I get it. But Crosshair, he stands and dons his black trooper helmet, and the officer introduces himself as Lieutenant Nolan, and he will be Crosshair's commanding officer for the mission. He further tells him that they're heading for the Imperial Depot on Barton 4, and this is the first mention of this planet so far in canon, as I can tell. I've never heard of it before. Uh, apparently, high-value cargo that has been stored there is being targeted by local raiders, and it's up to them to secure it until it can be transported at the end of the week. And glancing into the ship, Nolan rolls his eyes and sarcastically utters, fantastic, more clones. Man, I don't know where they dug this guy out from, oh. but like they, they must have carved him from some of the same uh, same stock as like Dedramiro and the rest of the ISP. Yeah. He's like the he's so, weakling version of Rampart. He's so loathsome. Right like from the get-go. Oo it oozes. Yeah. The only satisfaction I get is in this sequence where he looks like he's never been on a shuttle before. Yeah. <laughs> he looks so uncomfortable and yeah. you deserve it. You jerk. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Crosshair asks, is there a problem? Eddie fires back. Yes. I don't like used equipment. There we go again. There we go again with that uh, uh, that droid analogy, where yeah. you know you're not a you're not a an asset. Well, you are an you asset. Are you're just an a, asset, one hundred percent. Yeah, all you are. Expendable. Yeah, yeah, it's not cool. But without any further conversation, Nolan turns and walks up the ramp, ordering Crosshair to follow him. And with all members aboard, the ramp closes and the ship lifts off and takes to the sky. I wonder if he'd have the same attitude if it was you know. If this was Wayland and it was a squad of uh, of commandos, would he have the same smugness with them? I think so. Yeah. 
I think no matter who is, if they're clones, he's going to be, yeah. You know, they're beneath him. This guy fits the classic bully, uh, the bully trope. And it's like, there's somebody bigger, badder than you. In fact, I'm going to talk about that when we get a little bit further into the episode, because I find this whole, uh, this whole issue of like, I'm in charge here and he's a Lieutenant. Do you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't jive with, with the uh, the ranking. Yeah. It just doesn't work. Yeah. We crossfade to space and catch up with a shuttle coming out of hyperspace en route to a white snow covered planet. And as they get closer to the surface, they find the planet in the grip of a significant snowstorm. Sure. Which causes the ship to shake. And inside the shuttle, like you said, uh, Lieutenant Nolan, he grabs hold of his restraints. Like, you know. Does this remind you of uh, of the young officer in Aliens when they're, a dropped, little bit, yeah, yeah. When they're dropping like, in? Or uh, Paul Reiser's character. Yeah. <laughs> never, never been out on a ship or anything. Carter and, Burke. And meanwhile, Crosshair, he's just leaning back, you know, enjoying the ride. Yeah. Almost asleep. Like, yeah. like Hudson there. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody wake up, Crosshair. <laughs> yeah, basically. But they land on the uh, base, and uh, aside from the storm, there's no activity visible out on the uh, out on the tarmac. The ramp lowers, and Nolan exits first, and he stops at the base of the ramp to survey the area. But in doing so, he causes one of the clones leading behind him to bump into him. Yeah. And uh, he snaps around and barks at the clone to guard the ship, leading the other two clones onward. And Crosshair, he pauses a moment before following after them. Once again, he's that... Did you see Band of Brothers? I have not seen it yet, but I do know of the show. David Schwimmer's character is this, like, he's so enthusiastic in the same way that that, uh, Nolan is. And he's he's got this sort of, I'm an officer, so I have to present myself as infallible. And when something like that happens where something as innocent as one of his troops bumps into him. He's got to make it look like he's still yeah. in charge. Like you couldn't possibly be embarrassed. Yeah. Like, you know, you're leading people off a ramp. Don't stop. Uh, yeah. We're debarking, sir. Move. till everybody's yeah, out of the way. Yeah. yeah. But uh, as they reach the buildings, a large ice vulture circles above them and atop a set of ice covered stairs, they enter the facility through a large bay door Inside the dimly lit room, they find droids attending to the cargo, and one sets down a crate and exits to retrieve another, and Nolan approaches the second droid, asking where the supervisor is. The droid responds in droid speak, but uh, a bearded clone steps in from around the cargo and says, you must be our reinforcements. We expected you 36 rotations ago. So a month ago. Yeah, Yeah. over a month. However long a month is on this planet. Yeah. And glaring at Nolan, did you get lost? And uh, again, with that air of superiority, Nolan responds that they work on the Empire's schedule, Trooper, not yours. But the Trooper corrects him. It's Commander, Lieutenant. Yeah, and there it is. Like, um, there is no military that I'm aware of where a Lieutenant outranks a Commander on any scale. Yeah. So uh, does that really speak to the whole, you are decommissioned? I would think so, yeah. It would have to. I mean, you're just... uh, you're a battle droid to me. Get in line, droid. I get that there are certain certain occasions where like rank kind of goes out the window based on the, the specificity of the job. So like as an as a guy who wore an army uniform, if I'm if I'm at sea on a ship, you know, anything that has to do with the ship's operations, I would defer to the more knowledgeable right person. So yeah. I, I can appreciate that Nolan's in charge of the mission, but when it comes down to the the tactical stuff 
stuff. These guys know what's going on. It flies out the window. And there's still that air of like, no matter where you are, there's still that uh, etiquette and etiquette and protocol. Yeah. To quote uh, Lar- uh, Owen Lars. But uh, Nolan, he begins to lay into him and says, uh, well, Commander, your orders were to guard and protect this facility and its cargo. Yet this outpost is grossly unguarded. And then he asks, where's the rest of the troops? But the commander turns and tells him, dead. And uh, we approach a heat, like a small lighted heater. And yeah. we, see two, we see two clones who the commander identifies as Hex and Veach. And with himself, they're the only three remaining at the outpost. But unsympathetic, Nolan tells them that uh, their failings will be dealt with later. For now, he is in charge until the cargo is transported. It's amazing that, you know, an outpost... And judging by the number of helmets that we see kind of laying around, like, uh, failings, they're, they're dead, man. Like they've been defending cost of their own lives, but, uh, sarcastically, the commander tells him he feels safer already, but Nolan takes exception to that. And he says, look here, clone, you speak to me with respect and, uh, something interesting in the closed captioning here. When they when they spell out clone, yeah. it's with a lowercase c, as they would for objects and things, which is clearly Nolan's position when it comes to the clone. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. You know, but the commander fires back that uh, in his experience, respect is something to be earned. And Nolan, he narrows his eyes and needing that last word, he tells the commander, yet the Empire assigned you to this desolate rock where you let the majority of your squad get killed and uh where he let them yeah he let them get killed hex and beach they're taken aback by the statement but unfazed by this the commander asks plainly how many missions the lieutenant has commanded and crosshair he kind of looks on you know nolan doesn't answer but he looks away and confirming the commander's suspicions he says that's what i thought this guy's as green as the grass yep with that the commander breaks silence and asks. Uh, he's still got the smell of the supply depot on him yeah but asking his two troops to help the new boss get situated they rise and walk past the lieutenant in armor that has seen better days nolan gives an icy stare to the commander before following the clones out and like their armor like the hex and beach yeah like it yes dirty it's dinged up it's rough but it's nowhere near as rough as mayday's did you get did you get the impression i got the impression like very dengar Yes, uh, bounty hunter Dengar ish, yeah, with all of the uh, the wraps. And I'm like, are we trying to and... for a second? I actually thought, are we actually gonna go down the, the road where like we're gonna retcon Dengar to be a, a, a rogue clone? Hmm. But it'd be interesting, but we know that's not gonna happen, yeah. With the lieutenant out of the room, the commander asks Crosshair if uh, he knows Nolan well, but Crosshair tells him only for about two hours, and the commander postures two hours too long i bet there we go again with that uh blurring of uh hyperspace travel moves at the speed of the plot yep well how how close is this place to coruscant two hours a remote world <laughs> a remote outpost <laughs> but we got there in two hours yep well, they could have walked jesus maybe no i'm sorry but uh i don't mean to poke holes in this that's all good he proceeds to move the heater closer to crosshair and asks crosshair what he did to get assigned to the mission and Crosshair says, just lucky, I guess. And the commander chuckles as he warms his hands and tells him, name's Mayday. And after a pause, Crosshair tells him in kind, 
Mayday bids him welcome to the outpost and offers to give him the lay of the land. And uh, as Mayday grabs his gear and moves to the door, Crosshair takes note of the many helmets of the fallen clone troopers lined on the crates. Yep. Outside near a blinking sensor, though, uh, Mayday relays that he's been on this rock guarding this cargo for a year. Ouch. And uh, he hopes now, since the cargo will finally be transported, that uh, him and what's left of the crew can finally get out of there. Wasn't that kind of telling? They've been there for a, he's been there for a year. That's really telling uh, sort of in as terms far of as the time Empire's between seasons. Plans. Yeah. Time between seasons. We, int- we were introduced to TK troopers last season. Yep. So it's, they've, they've been sitting on that for a year. They got to be making it somewhere, making it, storing it and waiting for their. Oh, sorry. Did I, I don't, I didn't mean to spoil that for anybody. Presumably if you're listening or watching to our show, you've watched the episode by now, you know Probably. what I'm talking about. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Spoiler. Yeah, sorry. We're full of spoilers. Well, that's what the whole show is about. That's right. We're going to spoil it all. We spoiled our crap out of stuff. But uh, Crosshair asks, who's been attacking the depot? And Mayday tells him, locals, raiders. And the last few times they've been caught off guard. And when Crosshair asks how they're getting past the sensors, he taps one with his rifle. And it started, It starts blinking up a bit quicker. And uh, we see in the armor, you know, this isn't the only thing that's in disrepair here. Yeah. He goes on to tell Crosshair that they requested replacements but never got any, yet they're told to protect the cargo at all costs. And when Crosshair asks why, what's inside those crates? Mayday tells him that uh, there isn't a day that goes by that he doesn't wonder that exact same thing himself. And Crosshair questions, you don't know? And Mayday tells him apparently it's above the clone trooper's pay grade. So Crosshair, he steps past the sensor, but Mayday warns him not to go scouting alone as he'll either freeze to death or the stuff that lives in the ice will get him. And just then we hear the echoing of a screech from above and Mayday looks skyward and postures that way. Either way, it'll make them happy. And Crosshair. The birds. Yeah. Yeah. Crosshair looks up and spots an ice vulture circling high above them. And Mayday goes on to note that they're vicious creatures, but you have to admire them. They find a way to survive. No sooner does Mayday finish his thought than we hear blaster fire off in the distance. And over the comms, one of the trooper radios that the Raiders have been sighted inside the perimeter. And we get that all too familiar Imperial klaxon sound off alarm. And uh, Mayday and Crosshair scramble towards the disturbance with Mayday taking the west side and Crosshair on the east. And Crosshair, he makes his way to a guard tower and scans the area uh, through his scope, but he doesn't see anything with the snow and blowing winds. And, uh, He flips down his infrared scanner and spots a trooper in pursuit of a raider. But as the raider ducks behind the shuttle, a massive explosion destroys the ship and overwhelms Crosshair's vision momentarily. He tears his helmet off and rubs his eyes, trying to restore his vision. And when he finally looks back out, he sees the shuttle in flames with smoke and uh, fire blowing across the outpost. Looking through his scope again, he does spot one of the raiders fleeing this time. And without hesitation, he sights him and pulls the trigger and plumes of black smoke continue to obscure the base and leaving his perch crosshair makes his way past the wreckage and he spots a blood trail leading away towards the mountains so Pretty uncommon for him to wing somebody yeah but he did hit his target true not, not i'm kill gonna shot but i'm gonna read it off to the weather conditions yeah didn't adjust for wind <laughs> i mean the quadruple bank shot notwithstanding i mean come on i guess this should have okay. been an easy one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> it's cold and his, he he wasn't seeing right. He should have used a mirror, <laughs> a mirrored puck. 
bank that one in. Yep. Following the trail through the snow, though, he eventually comes to a crevasse and climbing down, he checks with his scope and finds there's a mouth of the cave and icicles are hanging down. The blood trail continues to uh, spot in the tunnel and the wind howls behind him and he spins around training his rifle at the top of the crevasse, but it's Mayday who's caught up with him. And uh, I'm pretty sure Tank says he's a good soldier. He's a good soldier. He is a good soldier. He is a good soldier. He thinks he's a good soldier. Yes, he does. Mayday tells him that. Uh... Did I skip one there? I don't believe he did. Well, maybe not. Anyway, uh, Mayday tells him a snow skiff uh, took off down the western ridge and the rest must have fled on foot. And telling Mayday he's wrong on that account, Mayday descends into the crevice and spots the cave, surmising that this is how they've been getting past their defenses. Back at the outpost, Mayday adds two more to the line of helmets on the crates. Hex and Veach did not make it. Yeah, now it's really grim because it's just... It's One just Mayday left. and Crosshair now. Yeah. Oh. And Crosshair, he shares a moment with Mayday for their fallen brothers, but uh, Nolan barges in barking at them as to what they're doing, just standing around and showing more concern for the two crates of cargo that the Raiders stole during the attack. He orders Mayday to send his troops to retrieve it. But Mayday relays that Hex and Beach were killed during the ambush and they don't have the manpower or equipment for a mission beyond the perimeter, especially to recover two crates. And ignorantly, Nolan tells him, it's not up to you to determine what is of value to the Empire. And standing his ground, Mayday tells him, fine, but I need your troops to get it done. This guy really is like the overzealous, like, like he's got to be a supply officer. Got to be. Like, there's no way, like, there is no way that any combat occupation would ever, like, go through this much, even if they were clones. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry about your luck, but, (laughs) yeah, you know what I mean? You would never... You would just never, 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 never treat people like that. Yeah. Like, I just lost the last two of my brothers that were stationed here, and you want me to go after a box of pencils? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's, how, that's how ridiculous it is. Yeah. God. And they, they've really leaned into, like, aesthetically speaking. Look at this guy. They've, like, th- he's kind of got, like, trappings of, like, Gollum. A little bit. They've really gone out of their way to, like, elongate his features to give him the like the the sinister yeah like a mad scientist evil wizard like he just fits those classic tropes for uh, sci-fi fantasy villains yeah 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 Yeah. meanwhile uh, mayday you know he's got a little bit of uh starvation going on here uh yeah they're running low on supplies and manpower so but uh haven't started boiling the boots no not yet Nolan refuses uh, as that would leave the outpost unguarded. And he tells him it falls on Mayday and Crosshair alone. And his final order, recover the cargo. Is that clear? And Mayday coldly responds, yes, Lieutenant, with a scowl just etched across his face. I recover it with my boot up your ass. <laughs> but later we cut to uh, inside the cave where Crosshair leads Mayday through a dark tunnel. And they have their flashlights strapped to their weapons this time. I sent you guys a message the the very morning. I get up, I watch the episode. I'm like, oh, look, flashlights on their weapons. Yep. <laughs> I know it fit last week's episode. For anybody who's, if you guys have been following us, you know that I take exception to the idea that why does anybody need a handheld flashlight, uh, especially 
when there's a weapon mounted lights helmet helmet mounted lights which we're going to see later in the mandalorian yep there's just no reason for it other than oh it fits the, to fit the, the, horror trope. the tone yeah 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 funny though funny yep. contrast oh and we're back to normal now yep <laughs> but uh they advance carefully following the trail of dried blood and around a corner their light falls on the leg of somebody slumped against the cave wall upon further inspection uh, the raider is dead and crosshair remarks that he didn't get very far yeah, he's ded dead but Mayday, on the other hand, takes a different perspective, noting that uh, he doesn't know what bothers him more. The fact that the Raider is wearing armor stolen from his men or the fact that his people just left him behind. And Crosshair, he makes the remark that uh, there's no point carrying dead weight. You know, there was a moment in the episode where I actually thought that uh, the Raiders were actually deserters. Mm. And they were just stealing stuff to survive. And they were just abandoning the Empire. Maybe but they're not yeah. <laughs> clearly. Well, we know that they're not, but I, that's kind of where I was going with it in my mind. Hmm. But Mayday turns and looks at him and says, uh, remind me not to die on your watch. And Crosshair pauses a, a moment at that. And then they continue onward above them. The ice shudders and you hear that uh, really weird, you know, when an ice will ripple across a lake. Yeah. That, uh, I don't yeah. know what you, it's like a, it's like a, like a, you know the sound yeah. when, when the ice, ice cracks quake, on the maybe. yeah ice quake sure sure but it drops small amounts of dirt and ice starts falling from the ceiling and mayday suggests it's just the ice and they should continue on and sure uh, yeah <laughs> as they walk crosshair here's a click and he looks down to find uh crap he's stepped on a pressure mine and mayday crouches and inspects it and he looks up at crosshair and questions uh what were you saying about dead weight? <laughs> and Crosshair asks Mayday if he knows how to disarm it. And he says, I'm no explosive expert, but since I don't want to carry your body back, I'll give it a shot. And removing his helmet, he kneels down to inspect the device and uh, blows the snow away from it. And he notes, this is different from the others he's seen, but he's sure they all work the same. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they all kind of work like the other one. Yeah. He pulls out three L-shaped spikes and a small hammer from his belt. I actually love this. I love how low tech this is. Yeah. They're literally tent stakes. Yeah. They're tent stakes. Like, okay, yeah. we're just going to tap these in. <clears throat> yeah. So he hammers one in at the front of the device and lamenting that he wishes he had the proper equipment, but the Empire has ignored all his requests. And he tells Crosshair he's learned to improvise, but he postures that all clones have had to learn that since the war. Mm, that's so true. And he continues on telling Crosshair he'd never given a thought to what would happen after the war ended until it did. And he asks what unit Crosshair was with. And Crosshair says, it doesn't matter. But Mayday tells him, you know, humor me because he could use the distraction. You think he'd have figured it out by the dude who doesn't look like him. Yeah. <laughs> black armor you don't look i know you're a clone but you don't look like other clones you're no regular clone. yeah yeah but uh reluctantly call our sarah he says clone force 99 were the, was going back to the origins of the bad batch were they like like a covert clandestine were they not what they weren't really widely known i across, don't think so yeah, okay so except on that, camino where it was like you know there's the that's losers. where they live yeah yeah the loser the losers club. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mayday asks what happened to them and Crosshair simply replies they're gone and having tapped in the last spike Mayday rises up and says 
And here we are, the survivors, combat troopers stuck babysitting cargo shipments. And Crosshair replies more to convince himself, I think. A mission is a mission. And Mayday chuckles and says, I used to say the same thing. And with one last inspection of the device, he thinks he's got it and stands up. Crosshair goes to move, but Mayday stops him, telling him, wait, only move once I say so. I love that, that he's like, no, 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 wait. You just, you stay there until I get out of the blast. Yeah. (laughs) And Mayday retreats, telling Crosshair he'll wait around the bend. And if he doesn't hear a boom, he'll know it worked. And Crosshair says, is that the level of confidence in your work? And Mayday says, I'm confident, just not stupid. I love the banter. It's so that is so authentically soldier like you know a near death situation but we can still joke about it yeah from around the corner mayday tells him nice and slow and then he counts down from three in an incredibly tense moment but it worked and the spikes hold the mine in place and the two clones are able to continue on through the cave later we see their two flashlights emerging from the mouth of the cave and rifles raised they see a faint light in the distance both are in agreement that this is probably the Raiders camp and Crosshair scans it with his infrared lens, spotting several figures inside the cave and a further two outside standing guard. Mayday surmises that it shouldn't be a problem for them and Crosshair agrees and the two make their way down the snowy terrain. As we see one guard keeping watch, the second guard is silently taken down by Crosshair before the first guard even knows what happened. He's taken out by Mayday. And with the outside guards dispatched, they make their way closer to the cave Inside, we see two raiders, one with an electro staff, arguing amongst each other. And the raiders, as they move about the cave, we see they are indeed the ones with stolen multiple crates. Mayday draws his two blasters and crosshair arms a stun grenade. And I find it odd here because they've actually switched positions from the direction they came up. Oh, really? Yeah, because crosshair came up on the side where Mayday now sits. A little continuity thing then. A little on. bit, but Interesting. Not, not enough to slow it down. No, no but it might just be an oversight, but anyway. Crosshair, he tosses the grenade in, and it rolls between the feet of the raiders and takes three of them out. He then opens fire with Mayday following suit, and the raiders take cover behind the uh, crates and return fire. As Mayday and Crosshair continue firing from the cave mouth, one of the raiders tries to escape on a skiff loaded with cargo, but uh, Crosshair expertly eliminates the driver. I didn't miss this time. No. Causing the skiff to crash into the snow below, and... I know it's a kid's show, but damn, headshot. <laughs> I was going to say, if that was a zombie, <laughs> zombie's down. Zombie eliminated. That's right. With the skiff now dealt with, Crosshair returns his attention to the raiders in the cave, and Mayday continues to pick them off from his position. Several raiders swarm Mayday with their electro staffs, but Crosshair eliminates them before they can even land a blow. And more raiders swarm out from inside as the firefight escalates. Shots blaze about the cave, and Mayday and Crosshair take cover behind a stone pillar, picking off raiders left and right between dodging fire. Uh, Crosshair leans out to take another shot, and he spots a stack of pressure mines on top of the crates like they just disarmed. And zooming in with his scope, he fires, causing the cave to explode. That's one way to handle it. It is. It's. Uh, I don't know if I would have taken that route, just because of, you, you know... You know, know your conditions, well, you know the, what could happen. The tone of the episode and the pressure from uh, Nolan, I'm like, oh, he's, they're going to have to explain what happened to all that gear. Yeah. <laughs> you did what? <laughs> you you what? Oh, my God. But Crosshair and Mayday dive in the snow down the slope as the explosion caused the cave to collapse. Snow and rock and debris fall down around them. And looking down at the crashed skiff, Mayday suggests they load the cargo and head back. 
and removing their helmets, they look around and see that some of the cargo has been spilled out. It's brand new helmets and armor. And angrily, Mayday says they've been risking their lives to recover gear that they could have been wearing the whole time. Yeah, and uh, here it is. It's uh, it's TK Trooper armor. It's yeah. not clone armor. No. So Crosshair, he rolls one over and remarks, it's not clone trooper gear. As Mayday picks up a chest plate and says, new toys for the shiny new military. And we yeah. get the scraps. A year. They've been sitting on TK Trooper armor for a year. Yeah. Again, just how far back reaching Palpatine's plan was, right? Well, as soon as they started the, uh, presumably as soon as they decided that they were going to implement the TK Trooper program, they had to outfit them with something. So, I mean, as as soon as they made that decision that it was going to be the, uh, the replacement for the clone army, they would have had to put it into full production. So Mm -hmm. again, it's, I find it more interesting that it gives us a better indication of like the passage of time. Yeah. We got one coming in from Doug here. Does this have the thing feel to it? As in like the uh, carpenter? Yeah, the, the carpenter. Thing? Yes. Uh, to some degree, so. yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Crawling around in creepy ice caves. Desolate snowy area. Yeah, it does. But Mayday, he laments after all the clones have done, all the sacrifice. They were good soldiers. They followed orders. And for what? And he looks to Crosshair, but Crosshair just kind of looks away. Then uh, a low rumble starts to build, and Crosshair notes snow shaking off one of the helmets in the snow. And Mayday stands as an avalanche lets loose from the top of the mountain. Mayday cries out, go! And they run down the slope past the skiff. Sheets of snow and ice cascade down the mountain, and they race down for all they're worth. But the wall of snow quickly catches them, and Mayday shoves Crosshair towards a rocky outcropping just as he's swept away in the flow. The rushing snow knocks Crosshair's helmet off, and he looks up just in time to see the snow washing over his face. He looks genuinely scared there. Yeah, he's about to be buried alive, so yeah. genuine yeah. terrified. Plumes of snow rise up between the two mountains, and below, as it starts to settle, uh, two hands pop out of the snow, and Crosshair manages to get his head above the snow, and he takes a long, deep breath. And pulling himself further out, he clasps his hands together, trying to blow on them and get them warm. And looking side to side, Mayday is nowhere to be found. So Crosshair starts pushing his way through chest-deep snow towards the rock Mayday shoved him towards. And he begins frantically digging in the snow with his hands. And finally, he uncovers an unconscious Mayday and pulls him upward and sets him against the rock, beckoning to wake up. We got to move. And Mayday's eyes, they start to flutter. And he tells Crosshair, go. Leave me behind. I won't make it. And Crosshair, he closes his eyes, but then puts Mayday's helmet on him and says, you know, we got to go. And he hauls him out of the snow. And we cut to later, and Crosshair helps Mayday as they trudge through the snow. And uh, Mayday collapses, but Crosshair lifts him back up, determined not to lose another brother. Mm. And bearing Mayday's full weight, Crosshair pushes forward as, again, the ice vulture circles above them. And passage of time here like we started in the dark and we shift through yeah we've gone through the night and now it's uh coming on to morning yeah Yeah. so we go through a full day too and uh later still we find uh crosshair using his rifle as a walking stick and they do what you gotta do yeah they continue on through the miserable snowy conditions and finally they take shelter against a rocky cliff and crosshair embraces mayday to share what little warmth they have left 
Uh, this was the only thing that would make Crosshair choose good over orders. Crosshair is the ultimate lawful neutral, I guess, to use the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, analogy. Excuse me. Doug says TK trooper slowly infiltrating and taking over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More speed now, though. And then uh, this must be Hank. I yep. agree with Lauren. So the other Facebook user must be Lauren. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thanks for watching. I agree with Lauren. He actually changes alignment in this uh, in this scene. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, I think he's uh, has swung a little more to the positive axis. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the next morning under clearer skies, we see the vulture still circling. And uh, around a large snowdrift, Mayday and Crosshair, they emerge. They're, they're still going. And yeah. looking skyward, the two clones spot three Imperial shuttles fly past, but rescue is not coming. Crosshair leads Mayday on as he is now using Crosshair's rifle as a crutch towards the snowy ridge. And back at the outpost, dozens of TK troopers are loading the cargo onto the newly landed shuttles. They bring an entire work party to move the stuff, but they don't bring anybody to guard it. Like, no. That's just what? Yeah. You know, I have a thought here. Did, did they just not tell Nolan that like there's a certain percentage of loss that it's just to be expected? He is so fixated on like making sure that it's all accounted for, that they have it all. And yet the, the Empire really didn't do him any favors by just sending him and, you know, what, uh, one guy? Well, they sent him crosshair and three clones. Oh, and three clones. Right. And what, what did they do? They just stayed back with him. One of them guarded the ship and got blown up. Right. So they didn't do him any favors. The Empire no. knew. Maybe this guy is on somebody else's uh, uh, poopy list, and that's why he's out here, too. Well, judging by his attitude, I could see him be on everybody's shit list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cricket Forum says they are going to take over. Yes, oh, absolutely, they are. they are. Yeah. yeah. But uh, As we see them loading cargo, Nolan is standing there checking off each skiff with his data pad before they're loaded. So, like you say, yes, he is 100% obsessed. Absolutely, yeah. With, yeah, yeah. with completion. He must have gone to the school of Rampart when it comes to uh, checking your data pad. Yeah. <laughs> Several troopers take note of something and they march out to intercept and Nolan follows them, but then he pushes his way to the front of the group, barking at them, step aside. And Nolan's eyes widen as we see Mayday and Crosshair limping across the tarmac. Yeah. Mayday loses uh, grip of the rifle and he stumbles and Crosshair steadies him and they continue to lurch forward. And Nolan, in the worst part of this episode, he gives the tiniest of smirks mm. before turning and ordering the troopers to get back to loading the cargo. And most of them immediately comply, but two remain for a moment before turning and heading back to their task. And then Nolan strides forward towards the two clones. Mayday collapses and Crosshair kneels beside him, laying him down on the ground. And standing in front of them, sneering, Nolan barks that it's about time they returned. And Crosshair removes Mayday's helmet and tells him he needs a medic. But Nolan shoots back that uh, you didn't retrieve the crates, which means you failed your mission. And out of breath, Crosshair asks Nolan, did you hear what I said? Help him. Yeah. But coldly, Nolan responds, certainly not. That would be a waste of the Empire's resources. And Crosshair questions, but he'll die. I can hear the snapping in his brain right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beside him, though, Mayday utters like a sickening cough before his eyes roll and shut. And Crosshair checks his pulse, but it's too late. As they, uh, at the loss of his clone brother, Crosshair grits his teeth 
And while Nolan snidely says he served his purpose as a soldier of the Empire, he then strides forward and Crosshair growls, you could have saved him. But now he's standing directly over Crosshair and he replies, perhaps you didn't hear me. He is expendable, as are you. And if you speak to me again with such disrespect, I'll see you meet a similar fate. Clone. At Crosshair, he looks down and he notices the shadow of the ice vulture pass by. And we get this really great ominous tone playing. Yep. And Crosshair, he looks to Mayday's lifeless body. And Nolan orders Crosshair, get back to work while you're still useful. It's like he's literally hit that, you know what? I'm In his mind, he's right at that point. I'm going to die anyway. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to die anyway. This isn't, it's the no-win situation that Jim Kirk always talks about. Yeah. So how do you do it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> moving forward. Yep. But uh, Nolan turns and walks back towards the shuttles, and we hear the screech of the ice vulture causing Crosshair to look skyward, and he spots the raptor fly across the sun, its shadow circling the two clones. And Crosshair's eyes smolder with rage as he rises to his feet, and quietly he calls out, Lieutenant? And Nolan stops, and he spins around, and his eye widens as he exhales a gasp. I actually like this, that he actually called him out. He didn't, you know, not in the back. No, he's like, turn around. Yeah, yeah, you're going to face me. Yeah. <laughs> From behind Nolan, we hear a shot ring out. As Nolan slumps down and falls to the ground, we see Crosshair standing there with an outstretched blaster. And uh, I don't know if this is enough to count as a redemption moment, but I was cheering for Crosshair at this point. How can you not? Like, yeah, honestly, Nolan got exactly what was coming for him. I, you know, I firmly believe Crosshair is the evil guy that he's made himself out to be. He drank the Kool-Aid. He's fully invested. But in the circumstances that he's in, the pressure that he's under and knowing that there is no future for him with this side of the fight you know yeah. the 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 metaphor of the circling vulture while well, i might as well die by the uh, you know by firing squad then be picked apart by a, a buzzard yeah or yeah. you know have them shoot me rather than take absolutely orders from this nobody. absolutely i yeah i this totally person. Uh, he's completely justified in what he does in this moment yeah but uh crosshair he then uh, oh. got, that's got to be a hank <laughs> presumably this is our uh our third co-host hank who's working today what do migs mayfeld and crosshair have in common smiley face <laughs> they've had enough yep nolan is the human oh Krell. that must be the uh, uh reference to uh jedi general pong Krell, mm. who uh, turned on his own troops doug says uh could vader's hate for imperial officers come from the imperial officers hate of clone troopers that's a very interesting question. Yeah, because like they were, they weren't. He had such a relationship with assets to him. No, no, no. They were, they were people. They yeah, are people. They were his, they were his troops. You know, the early seasons, especially in the movie, um, the relationship between uh, Captain Rex and uh, Anakin is pretty good. That, that obviously shifts later on to Ahsoka, but still. Yeah. There's a level of trust between Anakin and Rex, and by extension of that, at least the 501st. Yeah. Maybe. You might be onto something, Doug. Mm -hmm. Crosshair then falls to his knees and looks to Mayday's lifeless body, and he looks forward as we hear a trooper yell out, drop it, and we see a, a whole bunch of troopers rushing towards their position. 
crosshair crumples forward and collapses as the troopers near uh, with their blaster rifles drawn overhead though the ice vulture continues to circle and the troopers kick the blaster away from crosshair's unconscious hand the screen goes uh, dark on a close-up of crosshair's face and after a moment a blurry light comes on overhead wasn't expecting that by the way yeah i feel like it's almost like a post-credit scene a little bit yeah <laughs> comes across that way anyway for sure but we see Crosshair opening his eyes in some sort of medical bay, and we hear a voice welcome him. Hello, CT-9904, or do you prefer Crosshair? And uh, Is the lady a female clone? And by lady, we're talking about um, uh, Doctor... Is that is that Emery? That is Emery. That is Emery. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I had talked a little... Did I say this? I don't think I did. I was talking in our chat. Because I'm... I'm on the same page with Hank. When I first saw it, I thought it sounded a little bit like Omega. She's got a little bit of that uh, Kiwi yeah. Yeah. Kiwi accent. But I felt like Emery, uh, as opposed to Scalder, Scalder seems like a fully developed character. She's she's emotive. Mm. Emery, on the other hand, is this like flatline, monotone, almost robotic. Yeah. So I feel there's something more going on here with her, but I don't, I'm not 100% I, I sure what it is. That. All clones have Kiwi. All clones have Kiwi accents. Yes, they do. (laughs) But as the figure comes into focus, we see it is Emery Carr and she turns settling down a data pad and uh, punches something in on a nearby computer and bleary eyed crosshair asks where he is, but she relays that uh, she's holding him for observation. And once he's healed, the doctor will come for him. And she readies a needle and crosshair asks, who are you? But she tells him, uh, remain calm as she jabs the needle into his neck. Hemlock's coming. Yeah. Dr. Hemlock's coming. She further tells them uh, if he cooperates, he might survive. And Crosshair's eyes begin to roll back into his head as Emery studies him. And he looks up again and she starts to go blurry and we fade to black. And that is our episode this week. All right. So we, we, we leave with crosshair lying on a surgical or medical table. Um, we've had a, a couple discussions sort of privately about where we think uh, crosshair. Actually, we've talked about it in our season one review. Um, the, there was this sort of fan theory that crosshair was going to be the template for the, um, death there troopers. we go. Cue the death troopers. <laughs> Are we going to get something like that? Maybe, maybe, but uh uh, I had forgotten, unfortunately, for this next slide, but oh, uh, sure. I thought we had a couple new names pop up in the voice cast this week. Uh, one of them being Shelby Young in the role of uh, Captain Bragg. Right. But like you remember, she's back in the first. Yeah, season. yeah, yeah. All the way but, back to uh, season one. I, I think she's going to play a bigger role going forward just because of the retirement of the clones. So it, w- it wouldn't shock me to see her come up again in the next couple episodes. Right. But in case we forgot the first time, you know, she's also done some other stuff with Star Wars, uh, voicing Princess Leia in both the Forces Awake or Forces oh, of Destiny, Forces of Destiny, yeah, and the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. Game. Right, right, yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, our most hated Lieutenant Nolan, played by Crispin Freeman. Done so well, it really was, and you'll you'll see why here in a second because according to his IMDb page. Uh, with the role sure. of the Bad Batch, he yeah. now has a monstrous 393 Only. previous acting credits. Oh, Only. Including TV series and video games. 
so mostly VO or uh not just VO, okay. but a lot of in between too. Yep, yep. And uh uh because of the ending here, it's unlikely we'll see Nolan again. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know, maybe there's a back to tank that could save him. I'm telling you, man, he's literally the David Schwimmer character from Band of Brothers in this episode, and he is so unlikable in that that ugh, I don't care if we never see him again. Or you know what happens? We see him later on down the road, like to, like to the end of the season. He's now uh, a major, and he's been removed from contact with any soldiers whatsoever. He's just a, a, a straight up paper pusher. Yeah, would be like almost divine uh, d- justice, I guess. Of course, that won't happen. Yeah, it's the Empire. <laughs> uh, Empire. The other credit here of note is the stormtrooper, voiced by Max C. Hampton. Oh. And we don't have a photo for him, but uh, he's better known for his other endeavors anyway. Uh, he worked in visual effects for ILM for Ready Player One, uh, Jurassic World, and four episodes of The Clone Wars. Oh, okay. And he's also been an associate production manager of assets for 16 episodes of The Bad Batch. Oh, very cool. So kind of like an inside here. Have a roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with that, that was our... Uh, 12th episode of the bad batch got one more uh one question there do we think they named the jerk officer after chris nolan based uh on his star wars commentary are we talking like christopher Christopher nolan Nolan, the the director yeah did he have some negative uh star wars commentary i don't know for sure presumably that's i assume that's what you're talking about yeah um i wasn't aware that that even existed yeah um i did see one other youtuber's video and they did posture the same question like maybe is this yeah. some like a little dig at him but i i don't know yeah i feel like i would like to think that it's they're a not. little smarter than that well judging by giving like uh an associate production manager a little voice role you know yeah i mean these maybe are... there's somebody named nolan who maybe. is associated with the production maybe i mean typically these these are those ways that they yeah these are little roles that they do that for uh they do it in live action as well where they can um you know get people in that are not, not necessarily uh face people so like your production staff and yeah. your writers and whatnot so i don't know maybe it's just a random name Could i'm be. very i'm very curious though i i do want to start uh take a look at this uh chris nolan uh commentary thing mm-hmm. uh i'd like to be able to comment on that i just can't maybe there's like a maybe he tweeted something to oh that's my lovely wife all the way from upstairs and she says i'm off to start my paint job but great show guys thank you thank very you. much honey so, yeah, that was our uh, 12th episode of The Bad Batch. Whew. And uh, don't forget to come back this evening for the next installment of The Fandalorian. I am so excited to uh, be able to present uh, uh, Chapter uh, 19, The Minds of Mandalore. Um, if you've been anywhere near social media this week since the episode came out, then you are well aware of all the questions that are coming out of that episode. And we have all the same questions. Um we also got some interesting theories, and I think it's going to be a fun show tonight. So please come back and see us tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be in the hot seat uh, for uh, Chapter 19, uh, The Minds of Mandalore. And uh, yeah, as always. Yeah. but We've got uh, Random Fandom again coming up this Tuesday. Not Oh, sure my gosh. Yes, Random there. Fandom. Uh, I've been uh, I've been clipping headlines, and I have one. I might actually put some visuals together for this one, because I think it's going to be a fun discussion. Uh, there is a... Uh, um, do I call it a spinoff? I guess so. Technically, it's a spinoff. 
There's a spinoff that's just been announced, uh, an animation spinoff um, with a very uh, all-star studded uh, voice cast that I want to I want to talk about because I am a huge fan of the source material. So but I'm going to keep a lid on it until uh, Tuesday night. So fair yeah. enough. Random fandom on Tuesday nights. Uh, Facebook user says, can't wait to talk about Bose can Bose can now. I'm going to go with Bose Kadan, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, that's a, that's that a old... gratuitous bump shot. Are we talking, what are we talking about here? I don't know. That's an old, uh, older term. <laughs> I guess so. It's an older term, but it I checks guess. out. Yeah. It checks out. Yeah. <laughs> it does. But we'll be back here next week and covering, uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yep. <her rump. laughs> there we go. Clarification. Okay. All right. We'll be back here next weekend covering episode 13 of the bad batch. Pabu. Yeah. Babu, Pabu, Pabu, Pabu. That's the title. That's the title. Okay. So it doesn't give us too much to go on, but I, if it was I Babu, even, I yeah, really. That's what I'm like. Did you, uh, did you misspell? It? Is this supposed to say Babu? No, no it Pabu. is definitely Pabu with a Pabu. P. Okay. I guess we'll find out what that means. And Facebook user says she's thick. <laughs> if you say so. LOL. All right. So, <laughs> uh, that's it for us, uh, until six o'clock tonight, uh, yeah. where we will be back. Uh, hopefully you guys will come back and join us again, uh, for our next double shot. Um, and yeah, for the fan batch, I guess my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And, uh, we'll catch you later tonight. Bye for now, guys. Hey guys. Thanks for listening to fandom power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.